4: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Well, we are spending some time and energy today raising money for an amazing cause. It's SB Wednesday on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. V.org slash donate if you can, whatever you can to support the V Foundation for Cancer Research. And Michelle, not just Jimmy V, Stu Scott, as you heard there, also had... An iconic Espy moment himself, of course, before he passed away, and somebody who hosted as much Sports Center with Stu as anybody joins us now. His name is Steve Levy. Steve, thanks so much for making some time on I know a busy day for everybody at ESPN. You can follow Steve at ESPN Steve Levy on Twitter. Let's get the beginning of the story first. Steve, do you remember meeting Stuart Scott? What do you remember about the beginning of your relationship? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think we got there around the same time, uh, August one of ninety three. So I'm coming up on thirty years, and it's right around the corner here. And I think Stewart was there too. And I think it was, you know, him and Susie doing, um, you know, ESPN two the very the very beginning of ESPN two the sports smashes and all that stuff and cool clothing and you know and I was one of the stiffs on uh, regular sports that are still in a jacket and a tie so. Um, what I remember was, but he was a, a passionate sports fan. Uh, there was always something different about him, though. He had, he had the it factor. You know, we talk about that with athletes. Uh, I think he was special from the beginning. And, and I think that the greatest part of Stuart Scott in terms of the on the air persona, he never changed. Like, I think that's the guy he was. And, um, you know, I sort of played it straight down the line, kind of, you know, sportscaster, generic X guy and Stuart was anything but that. And he didn't care what anybody else said or thought he was going to do it his way. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a game changer for sure.
5: Well, Steve, you guys work together side by side. Give us a story. Peel, peel the curtain back. Tell us a, a fun story about you and Stuart working together.
4: You know, we did so many of the big shows together, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we were regular partners, but whenever there was a big show, we always seemed to come together and do that. We always did the Sunday Super Bowl post-game show together, and it was was sort of odd location, but not really. Like, we weren't at the stadium. <laughs> you know, we'd be like in a cool backdrop of overlooking the city on some kind of television set, which was, could have been an hour away from the stadium. Where the game was actually being played, and in those days we had uh, we had three analysts and two anchors, and so I would sit on one side and Stuart would sit on the other side, and um, and and we loved it. We always started off by calling that our favorite sports center of the year every year. And what I remember about it, this is really odd and sort of, you know, excuse me, sort of inside the Beltway here. Um, back in those days, on the set, there was only one anchor chair that had a teleprompter. Okay, and we rarely used the teleprompter, but there was only one, and Stewart always gave that to me. Uh he said out of seniority, maybe I beat him there by a week or a month, but he might have thought because I needed it more than he did, you know. And uh I do remember he had a lengthy lead-in with some rap lyrics, and he never strayed from the camera. It was as if he had the teleprompter and not me. He never looked down. He never stumbled over his words, and I remember looking at the other four guys on the set, and it was Dilfer and Keyshawn, and I'm trying to think who else, maybe Chris Carter, and we were all in amazement at Stuart Scott how he could do that. But he was so skilled and so talented, and so that was, you know, that was the fun piece. But, but kind of sad. I do remember in the in the the latter stages when uh, he was really getting sick. He didn't want to miss work. He never. Took a show or a segment off, though I, I do remember that. I remember being on the set, being in the newsroom with him late night, you know, waiting for an extra inning game or a rain delay or a you know West Coast game to end kind of thing. And and Stewart, honestly, he he would close his eyes during commercial breaks. Like that's we had gotten to that point in the two and a half minutes of commercial time, he, he would close his eyes, and I, I think he was catching like a quick nap. And then it was like, all right, 15 seconds, we're back. Red light would come on, and bam, Stuart was like shot out of a cannon again, like, you know, the original Stuart Scott that we all remembered. So uh, he never took a, a show off uh, when he was there. He always gave his A effort. You got the full energy, the full performance. And uh, sort of that's sort of the beginning and, and the end in terms of Sports Center for, for me and Stuart. I'll, I'll never forget those two moments his exuberance of so those Super Bowl postgame shows, and then. You know, when I was getting late and things were winding down, how he, he managed to find the energy and sort of, uh, you know, wake himself up from that two-and-a-half-minute nap he would take.
1: Steve Levy joining us as we remember Stu Scott on SB's Wednesday. We are raising money for the V Foundation for Cancer Research in honor of Stuart and in honor of Jim Valvano and everyone who has lost their life due to cancer. V.org slash donate A 100% of donations go directly to game-changing cancer research. I could say booyah or cool is the other side of the pillow. If you're a sports fan and you're anywhere near my generation, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Why do you think his catchphrases and his style was so special and so memorable?
4: I, I think first, firstly because he was authentic. He, he wasn't faking. And, and Too many people on TV, not just sports TV, but anywhere in entertainment business, they're faking, right? That's not who they are. They're trying to be cool. Uh they're trying to, you know, catch on and have their viral, you know, their their videos go viral and and Stewart wasn't about that. I don't I don't think he had to try. He was just cool, man. That's that's who he was. And you know, like it was again, it was odd sitting next to him cuz I'm I'm a sports guest, right? But Stewart was like, like Stewart was a celebrity. Stewart was a a superstar and he could he could mingle with the not just the, the star athletes, but movie stars. You know, once Saturday Night Live does a skit on you, like that's the ultimate compliment. They did multiple uh, on Stuart Scott, so he was just a special dude. And listen, I I loved being away from the camera with him as well. Like, you know, he went through through some things in his personal life and sort of helped me go through some of the same things. You know, I remember standing it with him, and you know sort of the back hallway before we get ready to go on Sports Center, And those are the things uh, I'll never forget about him. So uh, I love his two daughters. I just reached out to them. I don't know. Oh, it was Father's Day. That's what it was. Because that, that always strikes me as really sad. He's got two great daughters. I feel like I've known them since they were infants. We go back a long way. And, again, I don't want anyone to misunderstand and convey this. You know, we weren't the best of friends. We had a good relationship. We were great colleagues is what I would say. And, uh, you know, we didn't hang out on the phone. We'd have a lot of phone conversation, but we'd go to the Espies or we'd be at the Super Bowl. We'd hang out and grab a drink and catch some time and catch up and, and those kinds of things. But he was a, a terrific, uh, a terrific human being, a great teammate to, to work with. And I'm, uh, I'm one of the lucky people that got to really know the guy, I think, and, and the people around his life.
5: Yeah, you are one of the lucky ones that got to know him, Steve, because we just loved and observed him from afar. We were talking off the air before you joined about just just how magnetic he was on camera and how you you say that's genuine. That's what he was like in real life. But so few people, I feel like in media can really capture the attention of the viewer the way that she, that Stuart Scott did and and feel so relatable at the same time. He felt so cool, yet so relatable at the same time, which I think is a hard balance to, to strike.
4: And, and he did it differently, right? He did it, yeah. he, you know, his style was so different from my style, whatever my style is. That's, and that's how he grabbed you, right? I mean, that's, you know, you break into a, a preacher's rap or something like people are going to turn their heads around, right? People are going to snap to attention. Hey, wait a second. I got to hear what this guy's saying. This is different as opposed to me telling you the Padres have lost three in a row. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? So that's, you see the difference there and that's, Listen, I'm not embarrassed to say this like we would go places and people would mob Stuart, and it was like I was an intern, you know, like I had never <laughs> been on TV ever before. Like, that was the kind of, you know, whatever hanging out with with you know Joe Namath or Michael Jordan, you know, he was sort of Stewart was, you know, our Michael Jordan if you will. He, you know, Tiger Woods, he was the guy everybody wanted to be around and sort of life of the party guy and um, I think he enjoyed that. I, I think he enjoyed his celebrity. Uh, a couple of, you know, cameos and some movies and those kinds of things. Um, but he really, the part I appreciate is, and again, I, I think there are too many people in our business who just want to be famous, sort of to be famous. Like, Stewart loved sports, and that's where we really related to, you know. Stewart loved sports. He loved the games. He certainly fashioned himself as an athlete. He could dress the part, um, play the game. And, uh, I really, I, I I miss him every single day. We used to have this tradition and it was really Stewart's tradition. Uh, he would just sort of give me a fist bump right in the last, like five seconds of the tease. Like we were ready to come on a fist bump and he would say something like, you know, let's have some, or, you know, go get them like that. Like some, something like that. Like we were leaving a locker room. It was our locker room, if you will. And, um, I got a picture of, of me and Stewart on the set, like, I really can't remember what show. It was the 3000 show or the 5000 show, or we opened up one of the new sets in Bristol and we did that first show and 30,000 show, whatever it was. And I have a picture of me and him on the set and it's right above my doorway. I leave my office every time before I go to Sports Center. So uh, I miss the guy. Everybody at ESPN misses him and, you know, people uh, all around the country, sports fans everywhere. And, like, you don't even have to watch him, right? Like, it's like. You know, it's like Michael Jordan in a, in a lot of ways. A lot of kids now, they never saw Mike play. You didn't have to see Stuart as, as, he was, as you were mentioning, Michelle. You didn't have to, to hear him say those catchphrases to know who they belong to.
1: V.org slash donate in memory of Stu. 100% of your donations go directly to Game Changing Cancer Research. Steve, thank you so much for joining us, uh, sharing some stories and helping remember uh, one of the all-time greats uh, to do center and, of course, someone who... Uh, is very near and dear to our hearts as we watch the SPs tonight.
4: I just want to make sure I got that right. It's v dot org
1: slash donate dot com. It's v dot org slash donate. It's the dot org is the dot. So it's got v v dot org slash donate. Fire it in right now and donate anything you can, Steve. Appreciate the time. Thank you, man.
4: All right. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to make my donation right now. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Steve. Today is SB Day. If you're like me, um, it makes you think of the unforgettable words of our teammate Stuart Scott. Uh, And if you're able, we hope that you'll join us, support the critical work of the V Foundation for Cancer Research in honor of our friend. Go to V.org slash Stuart now to help the V Foundation achieve victory over cancer. Again, that is V.org slash Stuart. The words of the great Stuart Scott.
0: Thank you. You know, tomorrow all my boys are going to be like, yo, man, I saw you at the ESPYs with Peyton Manning, Money Mayweather, and KD. I'm going to be like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Jack Bauer saves the world, and he introduced me. (laughs) 24 is my favorite TV show of all time, so Keeper Sutherland, thank you very much. I am very honored. (laughs) Every day I am reminded that... Our life's journey is really about the people who touch us. When I first heard that I was going to be honored with this reward, the very first thing that I did was I was speechless, briefly. I've presented this award before. I mean, I've watched in awe as Kay Yow and Eric LeGrand and all these other great people grace this stage. And although intellectually, I get it, I'm a public figure, I have a public job, I'm battling cancer, hopefully I'm inspiring. At my gut level, I really didn't think that I belonged with those great people. But I listened to what Jim Valvano said 21 years ago. The most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Those great people didn't. Coach Valvano didn't. So to be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. I'm not special. I just listened to what the man said. I listened to all that he said, everything that he asked of us, and that's to build the V Foundation. And let me tell you, man, it works. I'm talking tangible benefits. You saw me in that clinical trial. Now, here's the thing about that. Coach Valvano's words 21 years ago, helping me and thousands of people like me right now, direct benefits. That's why all of this, why we're here tonight, That's why it's so important. I also realized something else recently. You heard me kind of allude to it in the piece. I said, I'm not losing. I'm still here. I'm fighting. I'm not losing. But I got to amend that. When you die, that does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. So live, live, fight like hell. And when you get too tired to fight, then lay down and rest and let somebody else fight for you. That's also very, very important. I can't do this, don't give up thing all by myself. I got thousands of people on Twitter and on the streets who encourage me. I got these amazingly wonderful people at ESPN. I got corporate executives, my bosses, this is true, who will text message me. And they'll say, hey, I uh, heard you had chemotherapy today. You want me to stop by on the way home from work and pick you up something to eat and bring it to you? Seriously? Who does that? <laughs> Whose boss does that? My bosses do that. But even with all that, the fight is still much more difficult than I even realized. What you didn't see in the piece is what's gone on probably the last 10 days. I just got out of the hospital this past Friday. Seven-day stay. Man, I crashed. I had liver complications. I had kidney failure. I had four surgeries in a span of seven days. I had tubes and wires running in and out of every part of my body. And guys, when I say every part of my body, every part of my body. As of Sunday, I didn't even know if I'd make it here. I couldn't fight But doctors and nurses could. The people that I love, my friends and family, they could fight. My girlfriend who slept in a very uncomfortable hospital cot by my side every night, she could fight. The people that I love did last week what they always do. They visited, they talked to me, they listened to me, they sat silent sometimes, they loved me. And that's another one of the components of the V Foundation. This whole fight this journey thing is not a solo venture. This is something that requires support. I called my big sister Susan a few days ago. Why? I needed to cry. It was that simple. And I know that I can call her, I can call my other sister Cynthia, my brother Stephen, my mom and dad, and I can just cry. And those things are very important. I have one more necessity. Yeah, it's really two two very vibrant, intelligent, beautiful young ladies. The best thing I have ever done, the best thing I will ever do is be a dad to Taylor and Sydney. It's true. I can't ever give up because I can't leave my daughters. Yes, sometimes I embarrass them. Sometimes they think I'm a tyrant. That's a direct quote. There is an adjective that describes tyrant too, but I'm not going to go there. But Taylor and Sydney, I love you guys more than I will ever be able to express. You two are my heartbeat. I am standing on this stage here tonight because of you. My oldest daughter, Taylor, I wanted her to be here, but college sophomore, summer school, second semester, starting this week. Baby girl, I love you, but you go do you. You go do that. My littlest angel is here. My 14 year old. Cindy, come up here and give dad a hug, because I need one. I want to say thank you ESPN. Thank you ESPYS. Thank all of you. Have a great rest of your night and have a great rest of your life.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
4: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast deep out into right center. It's out by the wall, and that one is out of here. Otani has just hit home run number 32 of the season.
3: And the Yankees go into the all-star break on a dispiriting 7-4 defeat to the Chicago Cubs. And the Yankees have now dropped out of the wild card spot. The Mets'
4: 42nd loss of the year is their most horrific as the Mets' bullpen melts down
1: Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. What possessed us to use cotton-eyed Joe (laughs) coming back from ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80? Today is ESPY Day, which means we're raising money for the V Foundation. V.org slash donate. That is V.org slash donate. Hundred percent of your donation goes directly to game changing cancer research. We just talked to Steve Levy about Stu Scott. Now, I thought this was interesting. I found out just a minute ago, uh Michelle Michelle Smallman. Uh, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. anyway. All the all the things <laughs> like saying the names and the name of the show and the the triple H say ESPN, if you want to jump in with us. Um, Stuart was a real champion for cancer research. Stu Scott was. Um, especially driven to improve outcomes for minorities who are disproportionately affected by the disease. And with ESPN's help, since 2015, the V Foundation has awarded over $16 million in grants. And the grants funded through the Stu Scott Fund are directed to research focused on racial disparities in cancer outcomes and general cancer research. So, so many of these sort of unintended consequences of the disease that sometimes get lost that are brought to light because of the incredible work of the V Foundation. So thank you to Steve Levy and our team, our whole team here at ESPN, for helping put a special day together. It is um, SP Day, Michelle, so that means we're at the all-star break of the baseball season. I had three big first half baseball takeaways I guess I think baseball is having a great season and reason number one people would say Shohei Ohtani's the MVP or Ronald Acuna Jr. or the Braves is the MVP no the real MVP of the first half of the baseball season is the pitch clock that according to statistics has shaved 30 minutes off the average game that's 30 minutes a night given back to us as sports fans, it is now a fantastic experience, Michelle, for me to take my kids to a game and they can actually make it all the way through the ninth inning as opposed to leaving before the seventh inning stretch.
5: I love the pitch clock. I could not agree with this take more, Aaron. I went to a game. I'm from St. Louis and I live in New York City and the Cardinals were playing the Mets. The game was two hours and one minute. Two hours and one minute. And you know what I noticed? Because when I was in St. Louis covering the Cardinals, I was sitting in the press box. And at the time, I was hosting a a morning show with my friend Randy Carricker, and we would sit side by side. And I would say to him in the press box, look down. And we would look down into the stands, and everyone was on their phone. People were not paying attention to the game. They were distracted by the device in their hand. They're scrolling Instagram, et cetera. When I went to that game... There's, I barely had time to order food or use the restroom, let alone be scrolling Instagram. And with, with the other changes that have been made, the size of the bag being altered, it's infused more action into the game. It has infused more athleticism into the game. Totally All of agree. the rules changes have been outstanding, but especially the pitch clock. Uh, you reminded me of this. I took my dad to a game
1: last year here in Cleveland where I live. We sat in the upper deck. You know, just got a couple of cheap seats What in middle of July. Pretty good team. Um, the guy sitting in the row in front of us fell asleep in the third and woke up in the eighth. <laughs> oh, no. There was a giant, oh, no. not just a little nap, like this guy was fast asleep at a professional's. Could you imagine an NBA game trying to sleep like there's T-shirts flying oh, all over the place? There's fire coming out of the jumbotron, LeBron throwing down dunks. He's fast asleep at a baseball game. I agree with you. It's not happening anymore. MVP of the first half is the pitch clock. I feel really sad about something, and maybe I shouldn't, and maybe they deserve this. But the Oakland A's have amazing history. They have amazing history with me because growing up, I loved Bash Brothers, Canseco, McGuire, and Ricky Henderson is like one of the most underrated, greatest baseball players ever. Played the game with such a passion and such a fun way, all the speed and everything. The Vegas A's, all these teams moving to Vegas, I don't like it. I just, I think now we're oversaturating that market with too many teams, and those teams aren't going to really have any fans. It's just going to become like a destination to go to to watch the road team play. I know it's all about business and money, and it's going to happen. I hate that Oakland has lost all of their sports in the last couple of years.
5: You are preaching to the choir. Again, I am a girl from St. Louis who had my team ripped away from me. And it wasn't a baseball team. It was an NFL team. But I know what that feels like. And my heart breaks for the sports fans of Oakland because they don't deserve this. And I know the A's have been in a sad state the past couple of years and fans haven't been there in the manner in which the team expected. But that's not their problem. they're They're voting with their dollars based on the product that they're being served not having to go to the games to try and save their teams. And I know so much of this is beyond their control with, with the politics and the legislation and the money involved, but it makes me really sad. And I know that in the immediacy of it, Aaron, it's peop, it's these teams moving to Vegas, getting a shiny new stadium. There's there's you know a lot of money to be had here, and it seems like a solution. But what sort of fan base are you really getting there? You're going to get a lot of people who are there just who watch a game transient people people on vacation who yeah. are like yeah we're in town let's go to Nays game why not what sort of fan base like a true blue fan base are you really going to be building there oh. and we see it in Vegas though they show up for the Vegas gold the excuse me in hockey they show up for the Golden Knights so maybe it'll be the same in baseball but I just don't think that the sports fans of Oakland don't deserve this
1: and the you know the Raiders have such an iconic brand that they were going to bring their fans with them wherever they went for a summer sport, Michelle, guess the temperature in Las Vegas right now. One or two? It's 107. Oh my goodness! Right? Did anybody Pass. want to go sit out in 107 Pass. degrees and enjoy a little afternoon baseball as the Vegas A's take on the Los Angeles Angels? or is that It'll the- be domed. Uh, Come I on, know. it'll
5: be domed and air conditioned and have all the bells and whistles that we need. I I know, but I don't like indoor bait. Nobody likes to nobody watch likes baseball it. it's
1: inside. Good. It's just not the way the game was meant to be played. My third thing. And I don't think this is getting enough play. And his average is now dip below 390, so maybe he won't. But there are only 12 players in baseball that have averages above 300. When we were growing up, right, you and I are kind of roughly the same age, not to date either one of us. But almost every team had a guy in the middle of the lineup. Like the guy who hit third or the guy who hit fourth was hitting 300. Twelve guys in baseball are hitting 300. Luis Arise flirting with 400 now the average has dipped below 390s at 388 as we sit here at the all-star break but i think that if he's able to get going a little bit again and the average jumps above 400 if someone ever gets close to doing this for the first time since ted williams in the summer of 1941 i think it would be a bigger American sports story than when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were jacking home runs. I think everybody would be all over every at bat and it would be one of the coolest things ever.
5: See, that's where I have to disagree with you. I think it would be an incredible feat and I think people would be locked in to watching him try to break this record. But I don't think Judge breaking the home run record was, had the same intensity that Sosa and Maguire did. I don't know if anything in baseball will touch what that was. I mean, watching those two guys go back and forth, just the, the, the sense of urgency to watch both of them every single night and see if they were able to get it done. I just think we're in a different time in baseball and we're in a different time in American culture. They captivated not only America, but the world at that time, Aaron. I mean, I was just a kid, but I remember going to the stadium and there would be, Tens of thousands of people there for batting practice, just to see Mark McGuire at batting practice. There was international media at every game. It was like St. Louis was the epicenter of the world. And I just don't know if we'll see that with any baseball story today, the way that we did back then.
1: It's wild to me that it's been 80 plus years and we haven't seen it. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, And the other one that also happened in 1941, oddly enough, if anybody got close to the 56 game hitting streak... um, I just wonder in this day and age, like, I know there are things about baseball that aren't as popular, but there's also the advent of social media and the media attention would just be brighter. I'm I'm rooting for it is all I'm saying. I think it would be really, really cool. All right. You've got trivia questions prepared, as do I. We did this once. We tied. We have to do another round. I will ask you Cleveland questions. You will ask me St. Louis questions. I'm in Cleveland. You're from St. Louis. We'll try to stump each other. The winner donates to the V Foundation. The loser donates double to the V Foundation. V.org slash donate. 100% of your donations go directly to Game Changing Cancer Research as the ESPYs are tonight on ESPN and ABC. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80.
0: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: Well, one round did not decide a winner, so it's time for round two. Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app. SiriusXM XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It is SB Wednesday here at ESPN. And we are raising money to promote the V Foundation for Cancer Research. V.org slash donate. 100% of your donations go directly. Game-changing cancer research. We've been highlighting some of those stories. We'll continue to do it. One of the most notable players who played for Coach Valvano is going to join us coming up at six. But, Michelle, we've got some work to do. The winner donates to the (laughs) V Foundation. The loser donates double to the V Foundation. You're from St. Louis. I live in Cleveland. I ask you Cleveland trivia. You ask me St. Louis trivia. We did run one round. Didn't go great. We both got (laughs) one out of three. We tied, so it is time for round number two. Michelle, I hand
5: the ball to you to ask me question number one. Okay, Aaron. thank you for the ball. I shall take it and run with it. So we were talking about Zion Williamson and his diet earlier in the show. So I wanted to pivot to food. I wanted to ask you about one of St. Louis's most famous delicacies. So here is question number one. Which delicious appetizer can trace its origins to the Italian neighborhood of St. Louis, also known as the hill? It is underrated and it (laughs) is
1: really good. It is toasted (laughs) ravioli My man, you got it right. Congratulations. I know, I know my St. Louis junk food. All right, question number 1 for you about Cleveland. Uh Cleveland is on the south shore of what great lake?
5: Oh my god. Um You said
1: you'd been here before. Ran a I half ha- marathon here. Is it Is it superior? Is it superior? <laughs> it is not superior. I have no idea you guys
5: I'm not good with geography it is I have Lake it is Lake Erie I've you know, got the early one nothing lead round two Michelle back to you okay Aaron that was embarrassing for me I hope that my geography teacher is not listening and I'm sorry for that I was desperately trying to think of the Great Lakes um Let's do this one. Let's go sports. Aaron, question number two. What was the St. Louis Blues rally cry song when they won the Stanley Cup in 2019? Oh, my God. Um, it was
1: everywhere. It was everywhere. It's a
5: bop. And I think the
1: name of the song is Gloriana.
5: I don't know, Shannon. Do we give it to him? Oh, it's it's Gloria. Gloria. By Laura Brand again. So Gloria. you kind of, you I kind of merge the two. two. I don't <laughs> but know but what. I'll give it to you. I mean, listening to this. I can oh, taste Michelle.
1: the sunlight now. Michelle's got chills <laughs> running down her spine from that blue Stanley Cup run. All right, I've got a two nothing lead, I think, here. We're going to sports for you in round number two, oh, Michelle. Great. Uh Ty Lu coached the Cavs, as everybody knows, twenty sixteen NBA championship. Who did the Cavs fire as their head coach in January of that year?
5: Ooh. Uh let me think about it. He this.
1: deserves a ring, if you ask me.
5: Oh my God.
1: They were thirty and eleven. They were in first place in the was East. Was it can their head coach? Was it David Blatt? Ding ding ding. It was David Blatt. Yes. I got a 2-1 lead as we go to round three. Yes. Michelle, back to you. I don't know why I feel the need
5: to keep passing the ball
1: back to you, but the ball goes back to you.
5: Okay, we have one minute on the clock, so I'll make this quick. Aaron, which Hall of Fame St. Louis Cardinal had 1,815 hits at home and 1,815 hits on the road? It's the man. stand the, the Man Musial. Give some uh, easy ones here, my that. friend. All
1: right, I think that's it. I think we can call off the dogs. I think we have a winner. Oh,
5: Michelle. Ding, ding, ding. I so blame what, my geography teacher. I can't what even happens, remember her name. Though. So
1: I think I can donate any amount I want. And then Michelle just has to double that amount for her donation. We oh, are going to, in this break, to. right now, fire up v.org slash donate. of our donations and your donations and everybody's donations go directly to Game Changing Cancer Research with the V Foundation. Up next, one of the best players to ever play for Jim Valvano joins us.
4: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.